0: Welcome to the Jesus Image Podcast. As you know, communion, Holy Communion, has uh, become a huge, huge part of our worship uh, culture and experience. Um, And to some of you, that might sound new. Um, No judgment there at all. Uh, we, We know what we know. We grow up where we grow up. But um, I'm I'm praying, and I believe this has taken place, not just here but all over America and the world. I'm praying that you're discovering the power that, that it rests in communion. We've seen so many healings during communion, and not just at Jesus' image. Like, yes, it's true that the Lord uh, is doing amazing things here, and that it's a very uh, palpable a lively environment, which I never want to change. And God is doing something special in our midst, but we've seen the power that rests in communion, the power of the Spirit flow through the body and blood of Jesus on the road as well during our tour. We've seen so many people healed. But it's not just limited to healing. There is a oneness that's experienced in communion. Uh, There's a declaration that takes place in communion that we declare the Lord's death until He returns. There is a peace that comes with Communion and overall health. There's protection found in the blood. There's satisfaction found in Communion when we experience it properly. And forgiveness is offered in Communion. What a wonderful treasure. And so, now that you've discovered how central the reception of the Body and Blood of Jesus is here, I thought it would be very um, beneficial for us to continue, uh, or us to begin a journey into the power of Holy Communion. Uh, I've been teaching on the power of the blood, and it's impossible to teach on Communion without teaching on the blood, and impossible to teach on the blood without Communion. But biblically, you're going to see that that the meal, the meal of the covenant, has been around since the earliest days of Israel. Additionally, I want I want to just share how the early church would have worshipped. They would have never gathered for their weekly gathering or their daily gathering without the reception of the body and blood of Jesus. It's not to say that if they gathered to pray uh, and lay hands on the sick and then go out that they took communion every time they saw each other. No, no. During the planned times where they came together that was eventually established historically uh, as the Lord's day being Sunday, that they did a few things. They prayed for one another, they worshiped. You can you can find this all in church history, by the way, that they worshiped and they received the meal or the table of the Lord and the sharing of the scriptures, which by the way, was the what we call the Old Testament scriptures. So you do those things well and you are experiencing the biblical way To experience church What church is And communion is central Alright Let's see what the scriptures have to say Alright Now um, I don't want to go back through Exodus 12 But you might be thinking That is where the revelation of communion began Yeah, I could see how you'd think that But I just want to challenge you uh, To be open Possibly to another moment where communion is introduced. And I'm wondering if anybody can think about it. That's even that even outdates the Passover at Exodus. It's with Melchizedek when he shows up to Abraham after his great victory over the kings. Remember, those kings gathered, which would speak today of, of the powers of darkness, gathering against the children of the covenant. And it's the child of covenant, Abraham, the father of covenant, who in many ways is a type and shadow of the Lord Jesus to come, who deliver, who I should say defeats foreign kings. And what happens? Melchizedek, who some would say is a theophany, a, uh, an appearance of the pre-incarnate Lord. I have my opinions. I'm not going to share it here. I'm happy to share it if you ever want to ask me but it's just, this isn't the time for it. But he shows up, Melchizedek shows up as Prince of Salem, or Prince or King of Salem, I should say, uh, that speaks of King of Peace or Prince of Peace. And he is the priest of the Most High God who comes from the city of God, offering bread and wine. So you have this post-victory meal that is bread and wine. And today the church celebrates the victory of Jesus through the bread and the wine. And Abraham offers Melchizedek a tithe and Abraham, well, I'm, actually I'm sure he wasn't shocked because he wouldn't have offered it if he didn't think he would take it. But, but Melchizedek actually receives the tithe, meaning that Melchizedek is no slouch. Okay, it's a big deal. It's very important but we also see the power of the giving of an offering in the midst or in the same setting as the meal with the king of salem or the king of salem or the king of jerusalem in our midst oh man this is powerful stuff we see the presence of the lord among us right so here we're looking at church culture huh we see the presence of the lord among us with A meal present, and our offering. Huh? So today we come into church, and we should. I just want to say this: we should give our offerings with gratitude, but with a worshiping heart. Just think, the offering is given even in the temple. You gave your offering; you offered that lamb, uh, or another type of offering, your money with animals dying, with smoke going up, with the priests ministering. So it's all in that setting of the presence of God, all in the setting of worship. So giving is meant to be done in the same breath as receiving the sacrifice of Jesus through the covenant meal and in the in the, in the atmosphere of worship. And so that's why we give in church. Isn't that beautiful? Now, I, I don't want to go back Uh, to Luke or I should say to Exodus 12 but that is what we call the first Passover and it is and we see that as the as they uh, receive uh, the, the meal that they are healed that they are protected and that they are strengthened okay I want you to look at Psalm 105 verse 36 this is speaking of what took place in Exodus 12. Psalm 105, 36 and 37. He also destroyed all the firstborn in their land, the first of all their strength. He also brought them out, Israel, with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among his tribes. All right. So when we look at Melchizedek and we look at the Passover meal, we're going to discover the meal type setting, these elements and the power of a meal. This is so important. Forget about communion for a moment. There is power in sitting at the table with just another believer. There's power in sitting at the table with an unbeliever, so much so or Think think about how powerful a meal is. Paul would say, if somebody professes to be a Christian and lives an immoral life, don't even eat with them. Notice he uses the word eat. So something happens biblically in the heart and relationally when we have a meal with somebody. We see with Laban and Jacob, After they make that covenant that Laban will not pursue Jacob, that he will leave him alone, there would be peace between them. What do they do? They make a covenant and have a meal. They have a meal. We see this again on Mount Sinai. As the Lord comes down to to, uh, marry Israel and through the giving of the law and the shedding of blood, right? All of a sudden, Moses and the elders of Israel are invited up to the top of the mountain to do what? to eat oh, to eat with God. I don't I don't even want to act right now like I even have a clue as to what that even looked like or felt like I mean, the Bible teaches that they, they they beheld the Lord on a sea like on a, on a floor like emerald, he was sitting, and that Moses called the elders up to eat with them, and the Lord marries Israel, and culminates that marriage through the feasting of a meal. That's incredible. Now. We'll go a little deeper than you're used to here, okay? But you'll see that I can think of one church father who actually looked at this, and I, I think he's right. I'd give you the name, but I don't. I want to ease you into some of these writings. So, one of the church fathers sees uh, the beauty of church worship as being revealed in Moses's ascent with the elders to the top of Sinai to feast with the Lord. Because what was present there? Again, I talked about this with Melchizedek. But the Sinai account goes a bit further in that we see the revealing of the written word added to the meal, to the presence of the Lord, and the representatives of Israel. huh And this is where the church leaders of the ancient past, even as they look at the book of Revelation and see elders in heaven, they began to attempt to structure their church settings in a very similar way. The meal, the covenant meal, which is communion, the teaching of the scriptures, which is symbolized there in the tablets, uh, the presence of the Lord, and the understanding of How do I say this? The coming before the throne of God by the Spirit and the spiritual understanding of gathering and the reality of the fact landing in our heart that we are meeting with God. That we are, in a sense, ascending the hill of the Lord or the Sinai... Uh, that Moses experienced. We are, in a sense, with the heart, ascending the hill of the Lord to worship him. And I want you to see the ancient roots of how we worship. It's powerful. It's beautiful. So in any good worship gathering, you should have the gathering of the saints. Most importantly, the presence of God, which is conditional, by the way. You have to gather in his name. And there's a way to do that. Number three, communion. Number four, the teaching of the scriptures. Number five, leaders being established who worship. That's very important. Who worship. Remember, the elders in heaven are crown casters. It's their nature. They take what God has given them and put upon them. And of course, they receive it, but they can't help but return to the Lord what he's already given them. When you have that, as a leadership uh, way of life, when you have communion there, when you have the teaching of the scriptures, when you have the presence of the Lord, you're gonna have a very, very powerful church family. This is wonderful. Now, back to Psalm 105. What happened on that night where the Jews received the covenant meal? Well, number one, they were liberated. I talked about this a few Sunday nights ago. It is the meal of deliverance. And please team make sure these verses are up there. But the Moses said uh, or, or the Lord told Moses, "When you eat this meal, you will eat it with haste. you will do it with your shoes on, you will do it with your, 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 your belts uh, on, get your staff in your hand, and by the way, go tell the Egyptians, give me your money because we are leaving <laughs> And this is the meal of deliverance. It's the meal of breakthrough. It is the meal of the exiting from Egypt into Sinai's beauty, which is the worship of the Lord Jesus. Powerful meal. Okay, but what else according to verses 36 and 37 regarding the deliverance? There was none feeble among them. Strength comes to you through communion. Strength this is very important uh, again why bread and wine Jesus is called the bread of life his blood is signified in the wine and again we trace that all the way back to Melchizedek and trace that all the way back to the Passover where there is this reception of bread and wine and what it creates and produces in our lives is deliverance deliverance from darkness deliverance from sin Deliverance from weakness. There were none feeble among them. Deliverance from sickness. And I love touching on this part because imagine there wasn't a feeble, a weak person. Do you know how many old people were in that company? Approximately 3 million people. They all had strength. And maybe you feel weak. Maybe you're battered down. Maybe you're beaten down. Maybe, maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're oppressed. I want you to hear me. Start taking communion. Maybe you're sick in body. Start taking communion. Maybe you suffer chronic fatigue. Begin to take communion and watch what the Lord will do. Amen? All right. Again, want to stick with the Old Testament here so that you can see the historic uh, foundation of Holy Communion. Look at Psalm 23, verses 4 through 5 yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me here we go you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies i want to stop there i believe and many do that of course david writes this uh, But I believe you can hear the Lord Jesus. Remember, the Psalms are the most frequented uh, texts from the Scriptures in the ancient liturgies of the Church. In other words, when the Church came to pray and worship uh, according to prayers that had been given to them by the apostles and by the Church Fathers, uh, the prayers they prayed, many of them were prayers that had already been prayed, I'll get to that in a moment, through the Psalms. So... uh, I believe this is speaking of the Lord because he's the only one who really walked through the valley of the shadow of death. David didn't die and then walk through it and come back from the dead. Even Peter says that in his Pentecost address regarding, Peter, or regarding David, that he died and is still in the tomb, but not Jesus. Now, here we see the Lord's focus on the table in the presence of his enemies. What, what, what's going on here? Well, number one... The Lord knows what this feeling. He sat at the communion table of the Last Supper uh, with Judas, number one. And he broke the bread and received the wine uh, right there with Judas sitting there. And it's interesting to me, and I don't want to give the answer. I'm I'm not even sure that well, this is my opinion. I'll let you figure out the answer on your own. But it's interesting to me that the devil fills Judas. At that communion table. So here we see the Lord's method. When I'm surrounded by enemies, I come to the table. Wow. And that's what I do. Now, the Lord wasn't just surrounded by Judas because one guy can't surround you. The entire city is about to turn on him, with the exception of a few. So here you have God in his city, Jerusalem. It's the dead, smack, middle of the earth. This is like a seed, and this is a seed regarding his agenda for the ages. The role of Jerusalem in the age to come, regarding the return of the king and the saints ruling and reigning in that city where he gave his life, where he died, and where he's been raised. Powerful. There he is in his own city. He's the king of the city. Remember the covenant to David. That somebody from your lineage will rule and reign forever. This is the Lord's town. Yet he's surrounded with enemies. What does he do? He comes to the table and brings those who are close to him and establishes covenant. Establishes covenant. When you feel surrounded, remember your covenant with Jesus. When you feel surrounded, unlock. Listen to this, don't miss it. Unlock the power of that covenant through communion. Through communion. Remember, an agreement's made between Melchizedek and Abraham. How is that expressed? Through the offering of bread and wine and giving. Uh, an agreement is made, as I said, with Jacob and Laban. An agreement is made with God and Noah. An agreement is made with David and David. And the Lord. An agreement is made with Moses and the Lord's people, all in the setting of the Lord's presence and a meal being made available. Now, here the Lord is about to cut a covenant with his followers through the reception of a meal while he's surrounded by his enemies. I want you to check this out. Do you think it's the room regarding the upper room that triggered Pentecost? Do you, I just want you to think about it for a moment. Do you think the birthday of God's church celebrated through the coming of visible fire upon the heads of the 120? Do you believe that happened because of the brick and mortar and the stone floor? Or do you think it's possible that the Lord's sacrificial death, burial, and resurrection proclaimed in the breaking of his body and blood in that room. Do you think maybe those two are connected? Is it possible that Passover is connected to Pentecost? And it is. By the way, it is. Pentecost is connected to harvest. If you look at the ancient feasts, and harvest is always connected to passover not as the same feast but it initiates the outpouring of the spirit that triggers harvest we see that with the lord this is powerful stuff the passover begins to trigger the festival of the harvest which only happens by the outpouring of the spirit and that's exactly what happened in one room can you believe it they 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 receive the body and blood of Jesus, and then weeks later are filled with the very same power of Jesus in the same room. That is amazing, friends. Listen, if you want to know the presence of the Spirit, this isn't the only way, but it is a holy way and a forgotten way. And may we be used of God to reestablish the beauty of Jesus' presence in the holy table of the Lord. This, this is important. Let's just, before I close, let's just think about sickness in the early church. James writes, if there be, if there be any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and they will anoint you with oil. The prayer of faith will save you. Now, I love that word, if. If. James had an understanding. Yes, saints get sick, but it's not part of the covenant promise. And uh, th- th- that text implies, if there be. Uh, today, if I did a show of hands, I wouldn't even need to say that. Like, there, there are many sick among us, and that breaks my heart. So, so you look at that, bids the question, possibly possibly that passage is referring to sickness being more rare Uh, than than we probably imagine in the early church. Now, not completely, because we know believers were healed through the apostles. Uh, Well, I should say through Jesus and through the lives of the apostles. But now let's think of what Paul writes. uh, That many have fallen asleep and are sick, or many are sick and have fallen asleep among us because they did not discern the body and blood of Jesus. The context there is the table of the Lord. I wonder, I wonder if the church uh, is more sick than she needs to be and more frequently sick than she needs to be because we don't receive the body and blood of Jesus as often and in the right manner with a discerning heart as we should. So I want you to see how the Lord deals with pain and challenge there. At the table, he receives the meal, offers the meal. He is the meal, and I also want you to see the covenant promise of strength: there were none feeble among them in the Psalms, and healing in the power of the covenant meal. And it's quite telling to me that Judas receives the meal improperly. The devil uses that as a window to come in. You can't tell me that this meal is just a tradition that's limited to a little wafer in a plastic package and some grape juice that's been stored for six months. Now ours isn't, ours is fresh, hopefully. (laughs) You can't tell me that that meal is limited to that if people die from taking it improperly. And then again, why did the devil choose that moment to enter Satan's heart? Uh, maybe it's something you could study and think about. But before we take communion, I just want to pray with you and tell you I love you. And uh, I'd like the team to come forward, please. I would like the ushers to come forward and get ready to serve the communion. I'd also like to invite you to approach, listen, care. I don't think I've taught on this enough, and forgive me, I should have, but... um. I would love for us to learn as a family, how to approach in those moments where we're standing in the aisles, how to come and receive the body and blood of Jesus. We should come with broken hearts, with lowly hearts, with happy hearts. It's okay to smile, this is joyful. But with, with the reality that, that we sin daily, with that understanding, and that we need to ask for forgiveness. We need to ask the Lord, maybe ask somebody else. And then as we come to receive, let's be aware of the presence of the Lord as the team is up there worshiping and, and 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 allow our team to serve you, the body and blood of Jesus, with the sense of his presence and a real heart before men and God as we receive. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for the power of your blood and the power of your body. Thank you for the greatest church in the world. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing me and Jess and our team to serve them. We pray the power of the blood of Jesus, the power of the body of Jesus. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can like and subscribe. To help us continue to reach people around the world with the gospel, give today at jesusimage.tv forward slash give. You can also join us in person or online every Sunday at Jesus Image Church. For more information on Jesus Image, events, Jesus School, and resources, visit JesusImage.tv.